pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Good afternoon. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at our website, DePietro.com. Right now it is 106 on this Friday afternoon. Again, looking forward to seeing many of you that are going on the, uh, we have a Patriot Jet uh, um, game that is going on. We are a bunch of Patriot fans are going to be going down to New York this weekend. And so uh, the weather, from what I understand, looks terrific. And it should be, um, this will be fun. Sunday weather looks perfect. 70, let me check the New York weather. 75 and sunny I'm seeing. Let me um, just check. Hold on, folks. Bear with one. Here we go. Sunday, look at that. Wow. 80 and sunny. Holy cow. It's going to be warm at the game. But Patriots Jets, again, for those that are going, should be really fun. Looking forward to seeing everyone. This portion of the John DePietro Show on this Friday at 107. Folks, it's brought to you by JKL Engineering. Call JKL. Now, remember, they're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Call JKL today, 401-351-7600. 401-351-7600. Now, remember, with JKL... Reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market. They do new installation replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. JKL. Call them, 401-351-7600. 401-351-7600. Or online at jkl.eng.com. Remember, estimates are free. Financing is available. Good afternoon, Bellingham. Good afternoon, Franklin. Good afternoon, Douglas and Rentham and Attleboro and everywhere else, if you can hear my voice. And Smithfield and Lincoln and Johnston and Cumberland and Burville. Call JKL. Central Air is a game changer for your life. 401. 401- 351-7600. So, folks, as I mentioned, this situation with Mark Milley, this, this is disgraceful. You can't have something like this. I'm going to touch on that. And also, now, I have been watching impeachment on FX. It's not great. Um, I, I, it's not great. It, um, it's a little slow. Some of the people that they're highlighting... Impeachment has to do with the situation with Monica Lewinsky and President Clinton and um, Linda Tripp. And they even have a character that plays Ian Coulter. I'm seeing Paula Jones furious over portrayal of impeachment. Most of it was inaccurate. Uh, Almost cartoonish. The, the people that had Clinton accused of Paula Jones unhappy about her portrayal in FX impeachment, American crime story. First of all, I, I think that part is actually gutted pretty well and is pretty good. The problem I have so far is it's interesting. And the, the um, actor that's playing Bill Clinton, I think he's pretty, he's pretty good. He's not a problem. But part of the problem is Monica Lewinsky is one of the producers on the project. See, they thought it was going to be very important to bring her in. I'm not convinced of that. As a result of that, I think it's kind of hurting the project a little bit. But, but so apparently the Paula Jones character and the way they molded her, I, I thought it was actually pretty. I thought it was pretty. I thought it was actually pretty good. Uh, actress Annalee Ashford portrays her. Uh, nailed her look. There's a lot going wrong. I, I don't believe that. I think she probably feels that she should be benefiting from this in some way. Um, let's see. Uh, when Inside Edition anchor Deborah Norville interviewed Paula Jones about the incident in 98, Jones became upset after a question posed by Norville. With all due respect, why would Clinton care about you? So you turned him down. I don't appreciate that. That was rude, she said. I don't appreciate that. When interview inter, when Norville interviewed her at the time, she explained she meant no disrespect. Um, it was in '94 Jones filed the lawsuit against Clinton. 
after four years of legal warfare, warfare excuse me, without admitting wrongdoing. You know, you forget this. Clinton agreed and settled the Jones lawsuit for 850000 But after attorney's fees and taxes, Paula Jones claims she only received 10% of the settlement. My lawyers got all the money, she said. Um, the woman that plays, the woman that kind of turns her around in the story, I think she's really good. She's very, very good. And I don't remember her name. I used to know all the players. But, folks, we, we forget, actually, a little bit over time. You know, it's not as good as the People versus O.J. Simpson. But for the lack of good stuff that's on television these days, it's um, it'll do. It'll do. But this business with this General Milley, this guy, you you got to be kidding me. This is a disgrace. He should not be in the position that he's in right now. There is there is no um, you you can't reel him in. If if he feels and felt comfortable enough, completely undermining President Trump, that that should not be, that should absolutely not be allowed. And him, you know, uh, having people pledge their loyalty to him. You know, this was the guy that was all concerned, General Milley, about the pronouns. And uh, he listen, he's also at the fact that they're still standing by him at the White House. I think that in some ways kind of tells you all you need to know. So... I like the piece that uh, Tucker Carlson interviewed a retired Army colonel about um, about some of the um, accusations in this new Bob Woodward book, and I want to I want to play a little bit of um, of that piece. What happens next? Doug McGregor is in some ways at the center of the story. He's a retired Army colonel who last year advised the Trump administration on foreign policy. In that capacity, he co-authored a memo calling for American troops to leave Afghanistan finally after 20 years. According to Woodward and Costa's account, that memo, McGregor's memo, is one of the reasons that Mark Milley decided to organize a coup. Doug McGregor joins us in the studio tonight. Doug, thanks so much for coming on. Um, We were talking before air, and you upsettingly did not seem shocked by this. It does seem to people who don't know the system as well as you do, stunning that the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff would be secretly calling a Chinese general and saying, we'll warn you if we're going to move against you. Wow. But knowing what you know, this does not shock you. No, unfortunately, I'm not shocked. Keep in mind, we have yet to hear from General Milley. Yes. We're accepting what Bob Woodward wrote in the book as effectively gospel truth. Oh, no denial. And I'm not doubting Woodward's integrity, but we know from experience and from time to time, He's somewhat flexible, and the interpretation may put a spin on it that, that may or may not be accurate. And I hope this is one of those cases, but the Millie has not responded no. as of 8.07 Eastern. So the fact is that the claim is that he made this phone call to his counterpart in the Chinese military and did not tell the president. The former president has issued statements suggesting that he did not know. Mm-hmm. So that alone... Tell us, is this within bounds or is it as far out of bounds as it seems? No, there are certain things that we know. These are the facts. First of all, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs has no statutory authority over operational forces of any kind. That means that he is not in a position to order anyone in the armed forces to say or do anything. He can't do it. He is preeminently the senior military advisor to the president. That's what he is. So in theory, before he would make such a phone call, he would discuss the subject of the phone call with the president, the commander-in-chief. He certainly would not do something without coordinating with the national security advisor and the secretary of state, because this is beyond defense. This is a foreign policy statement that he's making. These are important things to understand. The third thing, and this is... So if that is true, if this account is correct, I mean, this is... From a layman's perspective, it sounds like a grave offense. Yes, he's violated the law if this turns out to be true. We really need to hear from him. Congress needs to bring him over. He needs to be placed under oath. And he needs to answer questions in front of the Senate about this entire affair. He needs to be very straightforward. They, they then will have to determine whether or not the law has been broken. But from our standpoint, knowing what we do about who has the authority to do what and where he fits in, 
within the broad scheme of things, this is wrong. Remember, the president is not able to act independently and launch a nuclear weapon. He has a consultative process. People who are members of a standing committee with whom this is, this is discussed. This chain of command then runs through the Secretary of Defense and from the Secretary of Defense to Strategic Command, STRATCOM. Has nothing to do with General Milley. Now, General Milley as an advisor can speak up and suggest what they should or shouldn't do. But I think there's something else here that people need to understand. If General Milley feels as strongly as he apparently does according to this description about President Trump, he has at any time the right to resign his position as chairman of the Joint Chiefs and simply say, I cannot be part of this without prejudice. That doesn't mean he has to leave the armed forces. It just means he leaves this position and someone else can be brought in to fill it. That's what you do if you feel strongly that you're dealing with someone you cannot support. Well, Millie, I, I, I'll just make this call because it's very obvious he's a dishonorable man. Um, we know that from his testimony before Congress, I think it's very clear. On the other hand, you know, we, we know for a fact that he was speaking uh, in his capacity, I guess, as a part of political partisan to the leaders of the other party. Yes, that is true. Colluding he, against Trump on a political and a partisan level. He made it very clear on numerous occasions that he was talking directly to uh, the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, and Senator Chuck Schumer, reassuring them that he, quote unquote, was in control of things in the Pentagon. There are plenty of people that saw that, including the acting Secretary of Defense. That's unfortunate. That seems so corrupt. Well, it seems corrupt. And again, this sort of suggests to me, this is another windsock. This man blows with the wind. Clearly, the wind was moving left, and he was cultivating his bosses. That much I could accept without hesitation. It's just the entire narrative. I would like to have that examined and explored under oath in the right setting. I got to say... Maybe the, the most profound casualty here is the faith that people have that our system works and that their views are represented in the way the country is run. That's the most basic promise of democracy. And it seems time and again that we are learning in these details that the opinions of the people who live here and pay for it all have no bearing on anything. Look, I think it's very clear that the American people are not represented widely in Washington, D.C. It's occupied territory. Ralph Nader used to call Washington occupied territory. It was occupied by corporations. It's occupied and controlled by donors. So the American people aren't asked very much of anything about anything, whether it's immigration, going to war, intervening somewhere militarily. None of those things are done. So we know that that's already a huge problem. I just want to make one point very clear, though. Yeah. President Trump is not someone who is prepared to launch a nuclear strike out of the blue against anyone. Right. I'm that's absurd not teach, nonsense. Right. The whole thing is BS. Yes. Actually, Trump was the first president since Jimmy Carter who didn't launch a war. So, right. You know, folks, and again, good afternoon. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. What is... Um, what is still amazing about that is the, the, the person, as I said last hour, and again, you're, you're listening to the John DePietro Show, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. The, the, the person, if you're a general, the person you want to be the most concerned about, to me, is the, the current person who's occupying the Oval Office. The current person. President Biden has clearly lost his fastball, to, to put it mildly. That's the person you should be the most concerned about. Um, you know what else is, is really, I, I want to address, now as I mentioned, so this weekend is this Justice for J6, and it's a rally. If I, I, I do want to be clear, if I was not going to New York for Patriots Jets, I would go to D.C. and cover this rally. I think it's wrong. I don't think I think it's a bad spot for it. I don't like I don't like anything about it. I'm not saying they're I, I if they want to do it, they should almost go and have the rally uh, near the federal facility where many of the protesters are being held. But to once again, to have it on the steps of the Capitol and, you know, then they get to keep running the footage from January 6th and reminding people of, you know, what happened. I don't see a win there. If there's a win there, it's it's escaped me. I view that 
as a negative, not a positive, as a negative. So, but that's me. Folks, this portion of the program, as I mentioned, is um, go to the website, dipetro.com, and I want to encourage you to protect yourself, protect your family. That's why, and you can, with Allstate Lock, experts in locking systems, building security, residential, commercial, car key security cameras. There's a direct link right at the website for allstatelock.com. But if anything to avoid this, this is Capitol Police Chief, says the lead, leader of the Capitol, leadership of the Capitol. So they had a press conference about the protest that's taking place tomorrow. And th- this is night and day. And I'm, I'm going to explain in, in just a moment, but let, let, I just want to hear his comments. Here we go. The of the U.S. Capitol Police Department has been preparing, working to ensure that we don't have a repeat of January 6th. They have been working on uh, ensuring that we have the adequate resources for our police officers, training, equipment, staffing, uh, to ensure that, again, we can accomplish our mission. Our mission tomorrow is, is our mission every day, and that is to protect everyone's rights to free speech and to allow them to lawfully demonstrate. And again, we are planning for a safe event tomorrow. But there have been some threats of violence associated with uh, uh, this, the events for tomorrow. And we have a strong plan in place to ensure uh, that it remains peaceful and that if violence does occur, um, that we can stop it uh, as quickly as possible. We're not going to tolerate violence and we will not tolerate criminal behavior. All right, let, let me just address this just for a moment, folks. I mean, you, you have got to be kidding me. Right, you have got to be kidding me. The whole reason why, and I've said this in the past, the whole reason why there was, you know, yes, yeah, some people were a little out of line. It was a rowdy protest. What was it not? It was not an armed insurrection. It paled in comparison to what we all witnessed all summer long with Black Lives Matter, defund the police, other activists, Antifa. Lighting fires to different cities, causing riots in different cities, causing over one billion in damage to different cities. Instead, this was two hours on a Wednesday afternoon. Two hours where the majority of the people had hats and flags and went in and took some selfies. Now, amongst that crowd, and there were thousands of people, there were maybe... 300 people, 400 tops, that were like a little rowdier than everybody else. Things got out of hand. I've spoken with some people that said we were just there, we wanted to show our support, stand outside the Capitol when a flashbang hit my friend's leg. Or we got hit by a whatever it may be. They were depicting it, they thought that the Capitol Police were a little aggressive. But my point is, the whole reason why... You had trouble on January 6th was because of the three, all right, maybe we'll go to 400, but 350, 300 people. They were able to be within the crowd of whatever thousands of people that were there. And when you look at some of the footage and you see just the mass of people walking over to the Capitol, much like last summer when they would say, Right. Mostly peaceful protesters. Well, that really is the case for what happened with the Capitol as far as that really was. The majority of them were peaceful protesters, if you will. So most of them were. They absolutely were peaceful. The bulk of them around there were were peaceful. But you don't hear anything that. So my point is, there's a huge difference of you have, now I'm not sure how many. I've heard there were, one report I heard, there was many at 30,000 people surrounding all different sides of the Capitol. Now I know some people have said hundreds of thousands. I, I, I don't know what the exact number is, but I, it's probably somewhere in between. But let's just go with the 30,000. Let's say 30, that, that's a huge number of people, by the way. But 
30,000. And of the 30,000, 300 were too aggressive and were out of line and were hitting back and, and tearing things down. All right. So, and they, hey, they still, the bulk of them are sitting in jail and breaking windows, what have you. But my point is the whole reason why they were able to do that is because they were able to do that within a crowd of 30,000 people. I think one of the best examples of this is anyone that has, listen, you go to a football game, which I'm going to this weekend, or the bleacher, right? It's, it's, the, it's the mob mentality. It's the people, and a lot of this, by the way, was also with the protesters from last summer. But it's the mob mentality. You, you take the type of individual that if, in fact... The type of individual that, you know, they're in the, let's just say, the bleachers and they're yelling and maybe they throw something onto the field. You know, one of the reasons of doing that is they're in the power of the crowd or they feel they are. And if security looks up, they can't tell who it is that threw something onto the field. Would that person just throw something if they were sitting either A, in a better section, or, you know, never mind alone, but the answer is no. So, but, you know, this to me is part of the effort by, hear me out, by the Democrat Party. They want to, as I've said, they want to keep January 6th alive. And, And part of the proof of that is this whole mentality of, as, as, um, the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, who beat back the recall was, as he called it, we may have beat Trump, but we haven't beat Trumpism. They want to keep it going. They absolutely want to keep it going. Trumpism is alive is the new word. It's not him, it's his followers that are dangerous. All right, I want to see if we can uh, get on the line our friend um, John Francis from Competition Shooting Supplies, who's had... He, as I've told you folks, and again, good afternoon at 128, he has had, uh, he, he keeps his Facebook page very much up to speed, John Francis of Competition Shooting Supplies. And as I'm looking at it right now, he has just got another consignment piece in, Smith and, Smith and Wesson. Um, he's got that. He just received a new Walther 9mm. Uh, he's putting, received new today, Glock 43. So he's got some, wow, look at that. Look at the Ruger Mini 14 Tactical. Woof. All right, let me see if I can, I don't know. I don't know if I can get him on the line. I know we're going to try to get him on the line. So, but let's see if we can uh, reach our friend folks. John Francis of Competition shooting supplies who um really has he also i'm seeing he's a bunch of new pistols folks there he is joining us on the line right now is john francis of competition shooting supplies john francis i'm looking at your facebook page boy you got some beautiful new items in uh thank you well facebook just announced uh, told me this morning that they were going to start taking some of the posts now because i'm once again uh, potentially violating their community ah well, in the meantime, I'm looking at them right now, and they're they're still up. And let's start off, if you don't mind, with a bunch of new pistols arrived. Yes. Uh, so the Glock 34 Gen 5 MOS is already sold. Already sold. Wow. And that's gone. Most of the other Glocks are still there. The pink champagne colored Glock that's that uh, that was sold yesterday as well. Oh. Um. The Century Arms Canic, uh, that has been sold. Um, I'm pretty sure everything else is still available, though. Okay. Now, what about the um, the Rock Island shotguns? Um, so, that's not a shotgun. Oh. It's not, a, it's not a shotgun. It's not a pistol. It's classified as an other. Oh, okay. So, because so it's, it's it, it has a, its overall length is twenty six inches. Yep. So, but it does not fit into the category of a shotgun, which is a gun designed to be fired from the shoulder. But it's also larger than what a handgun would be classified as. 
so they just simply call it an other and it's a semi-automatic firearm as far as the government is concerned. Now, what can you tell us new for long guns, the Ruger Mini 14 Tactical? Look how beautiful that is. That is is still here. Um, That's the first one of those I've seen in about a year. Wow. Um, So it comes with a couple of 20-round magazines. It's already got the Picatinny rails for mountain scopes, optics, lasers, lights, whatever you want. Uh, The stock is adjustable for length of pull, and it folds off to the side to make it a more compact uh, package for transport and stuff. Wow, boy, that is a different type of uh, firearm indeed. It is. Yeah. Now, what about the, um, you received the new Glock 43 and the 34. What can you tell us? Are those still available? Yeah, so the 40 and the, the, the 43X models. So those are a, uh, the regular 43 is simply a, a, a very slimline compact carry gun. The 43X has the same slide and barrel dimensions, but the grip frame's a little longer, and instead of six rounds, it holds ten. Oh. And also, John Francis, what can you tell us on this consignment piece, the Smith & Wesson 9mm? So, that actually belongs to a very good friend of mine. Um, it's an M&P 2.0 uh, compact, so it's got the four-inch barrel. That's a mass, was originally a Massachusetts gun, so it does only have ten-round magazines, but he brought it to one of the local gunsmiths, and he had the 10-pound trigger pull removed and a uh, custom Apex tactical trigger system installed. Wow. So, yeah, that's like $100 to $120 uh, add-on that he had done. So it's got a fantastic trigger. Um, that would make a great, great uh, defense pistol for someone. Mm. Folks, again, we're speaking with John Francis, Competition Shooting Supplies. John, how are you on uh, on ammo? So on ammo, it's not too, too bad at the moment. I do have some 9mm still available. Um, I do, I've got a very large shipment of 5.56 uh, green tip uh, rifle rounds for like the ARs. Uh, I've got shotgun slugs. I've got buckshot. I did have some... Uh, hunting load, field loads, but we sold out earlier this morning on those. Now, folks, again, it's John Francis, Competition Shooting Supplies, 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. You, uh, he does update, as I mentioned, the Facebook page, Firearms Ammunition. And, John, what about, um, it sounds like the consignments are certainly steady of people bringing either guns in for sell and consignment. Or if someone's yes. listening right now and they either want to part with some of their firearm collection or maybe they inherited it or maybe they need whatever the circumstance may be, they can also approach you and bring it in. Oh, absolutely. And uh, we've been getting quite a bit of that lately. So any of your listeners out there, they have any uh, guns that they're not just sitting there doing nothing and you want to generate some money or perhaps trade up to something uh, something newer, something better, uh, bring them on in. Or we'll be happy to sell them on your behalf. Or if you want, you could also use it as a trade. And what is your uh, what are your hours for today and for tomorrow? So today and tomorrow, today I'm here uh, 10 to 6, and tomorrow 9 to 4.30. All right. You are the defender of the faith, folks. He's John Francis, Competition Shooting Supplies. John, keep up the good work. Good to talk to you. We'll talk to you again. Thanks, John. See ya. All right, folks. There it is. John Francis, Competition Shooting Supplies, 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. Right now, uh, the time is, it's one thirty-four. It's Friday. And you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now, I want to hear this um, only because, listen, I'm a football fan and I'm a Patriot fan. And like many of you, I'm still rooting for Tom Brady and Gronk, who I've had the opportunity to meet both of them. And, and he threw out, and I think the Today Show has this, that he may keep playing. Let me just hear this until he's 50 years old. Brady is 44. He is now saying he may play until he's 50. Let me hear this. He's officially back and so is the Buccaneers web series. Tommy and Gronk in the first episode of the new season Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski kick back poolside and answer some of the internet's most searched questions. And no surprise fans are already dying to know how many more seasons are they going to be able to cheer on their beloved touchdown Tommy. Here's what he had to say. Can Tom Brady play until 50 years old? Wow. Seems to be a really hot question lately. You're 44, that's six more years. I think, I mean, I don't find it 
so difficult. I can play and then just glide into retirement. I think I can. I think it's a yes. Now, folks, the thing about that I want to mention, and again, uh, you're listening to the John DePietro show. The, the thing um, about that is as it was, and I know he came under some fire, but Dan Shaughnessy of the Globe, folks, the game has changed. No one really lays a finger on Brady. I mean, you think of, think about it. Some of the the quarterbacks in the past, whether it was you know Johnny Unitas could could even grip a pen to sign an autograph at the end of his career. Think of the abuse and the hits that Terry Bradshaw took. Dan Marino limping off the field. Brett Favre. The game has changed, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing, because I think that the NFL has recognized how valuable it is for teams and especially the quarterback position for the teams. It's valuable for the team and it's valuable for the league. People don't get excited, pay money to watch backups. And there's none of this knocks somebody out of the game. Now, who wants to be the defensive player that somehow hits Brady and could could end his career. So that's not happening. So Dan Shaughnessy tweeted out, I think it was last after last Thursday night, that basically he said Brady's playing arena football. And that no one's even coming close to touching him. And you think about it, whatever they're doing to keep his arm strength going, if the arm strength is there, and he's obviously in good health, um... I think it's interesting, like Drew Brees retired, and I was watching him last, I think it was Sunday night, and he's actually very good in the booth, but he's younger than Brady. I think Drew Brees is 42, and he retired. Somehow, Brady keeps the arm strength going. Now, I think that's a mistake to be saying he's going to be playing till 50. You're really challenging the odds, but... Um, but, but you have to recognize the game has changed. The game has changed. And I, I think they are wise that they realize. You know, another thing, anyone that is, not to go off on a tangent here, but anyone that is a PC fan would, would recognize that one of the best chances the Providence College, the Friars, had to win the national title was that 72-73 team. Of Ernie D, Marvin, Kevin Stakem, Charlie Crawford, Nehru King, and, hold on, uh, Kevin Stakem, who played pro, Ernie D, Marvin, Charlie Crawford, Nehru King. Those five, probably the best chance, they matched up well. Marvin Barnes was the best player in the country to match up against Bill Walton of UCLA. And and Ernie was the best player in the country. Point guard, drafted first in the NBA. Think of that. Buffalo Braves. Buffalo had an NBA team. But my point is, but what ended it was that NCAA Final Four matchup with PC. <laughs> Marvin got injured against Memphis State. PC was on the verge of routing Memphis State. But Marvin hurt his knee. And at the time, in college basketball, players injuring their legs, especially the knees, ankles, was fairly common. And it would end them, you know, they'd have to come out of the game. Now, you never really hear about that anymore. The college players, the, the pro players, they're, they're so much stronger now. Plus sneaker support. Um... Maybe, I'm not even so sure about the surface or the floor, but whatever it is. But you just don't hear about that as much. Where it was far more common of guys hurting their legs. Hurting the knee. With Marvin, it was the knee. Sometimes it would be somebody with an ankle. And then they hobble out, and that ended that. But but the NFL is wise. What is the point of, it's the beginning of a big game. And the first thing that happens is the defense takes the opposing star quarterback out of the game. 
who it, who's watching the Bucks if Brady's not the starting QB? And so they they have redefined the rule, and as a result of that, I mean, it is actually possible he could be talking about playing until he is um, fifty years old. Now, as I mentioned, th- this business of tomorrow that is if um, they're going to have that type of problem where they think they may have to be on guard at the Capitol. Folks, this is all being done to hurt President Trump, to hurt the Republican Party. Here it is again, U.S. Capitol Police Manager, Justice for J6 Rally. We're not going to tolerate violence. We're not going to tolerate criminal behavior. Have you ever heard anything like this before a Black Lives Matter protest? Perhaps more importantly, uh, over the last eight months, the leadership of the U.S. Capitol Police Department has been preparing, working to ensure that we don't have a repeat of January 6th. They have been working on uh, ensuring that we have the adequate resources for our police officers, training, equipment, staffing, uh, to ensure that, again, we can accomplish our mission. Our mission tomorrow is our mission every day, and that is to protect everyone's rights to free speech and to allow them to lawfully demonstrate. And again, we are planning for a safe event tomorrow. But there have been some threats of violence uh. associated with um, uh, this, the events for tomorrow. Uh. And we have a strong plan in place to ensure uh, that it remains peaceful and that if violence does occur, um, that we can stop it uh, as quickly as possible. Did you ever hear that before one of the BLM protests? Ever? Has been preparing, working to ensure the answer is never. that we don't have a repeat of January 6th. Oh, my God. The fact that they're even saying that, they're estimating there could be 700 people. Now, President Trump did say that President Trump did say that he has sympathy for those that were arrested and so forth. And so I, I don't know if that's then going to cause more people to come out and join these protesters. I still, I think it's a, I think it's poor planning. I think it's poor planning to have it outside the Capitol again. As I've said, it allows them to put the fence up again. It allows them to keep showing the footage of what happened on January 6th. And I think it would be impossible. It would be impossible. There's no way that that would happen. The whole reason why that to me happened is simply because of the nature and the fact that there were literally thousands of people that they could hide in. That's what it comes down to. So U.S. Capitol Police, that was at a one o'clock press briefing prep for September 18th. That's tomorrow. Justice for J6 rally. If they want to do it, I think they should have had this outside of the, you know, whatever it is, the gates, wherever the federal facility is, that some of those protesters are still being held. Do I think it's fear that these people have been locked up since early January? Of course not. But. All right. Now, so then you get this. Um. One of the jail defendants thinks Trump is coming back to power. Is he soon to be president? Absolutely. I, people, people from all sides recognize that. Let me see this. You think he's coming back? He says soon to be president? Absolutely. People, people from all sides recognize that man's ability to negotiate. <laughs> How is that going to happen? Possibly conceivably. Say what? How is that possibly going to happen? You know, the, the fact is, this is the type of stuff they're going to be looking for. These people that are out there that still think 
He's coming back. I heard that in May. And I heard it in July. Um, now we, then we were here in August. Now they're throwing it out there again. It's always a moving timeline. Uh, President Trump doesn't seem to think he's coming back. Oh, my God. Folks, they have to. But the, the media is going to be searching for people like that. Do you think tomorrow at this J justice for J6, meaning January, do you think the media is going to try to pro- profile those people in a positive light or a negative light? All right, let me see if we can track down our friend Marie at It's My Health, 1099, Mendon Road, and Folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. It's 146 on this Friday. And, um, and again, it's actually nice weather outside. I encourage you to get out. And you want to stay healthy. And that's why you... Folks, joining us right now, she is the queen of health from It's My Health. It's our friend Marie. Good afternoon, Marie. Good afternoon, John. How are you today? Marie, I received the nicest email from one of our listeners. He lives in Lincoln, and he decided, he's a big tea person, he said he decided to give you you a try. It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Downport Restaurant. He was shocked at all the different tea you had. And not only could he purchase it shop local, he didn't have to wait and try to buy it online. Yes, exactly. And that's what we something... Like we've, go right ahead. We have, a, we have a big selection of, of teas and herbs and spices as well. Folks, again, Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Now, Marie, obviously, this time of year, we're starting to transition from summer into fall. A lot of people have allergies. What people need to know is there's all different types of remedies from trusted companies, all natural products that people can use. Oh, absolutely. Essential oils that you can diffuse to help you breathe. We have herbs that are really good for for allergies. We have homeopathic remedies as well that work very quickly um, and are very effective as well. And local honey. Local honey is always something to consume because you get the natural um, pollens and your body then can build up an immune to it. Do you have, now you have so many different products to choose from. Do you have any new products that people have come in and maybe they've sampled and tried? Absolutely. We have this new product line called Sun Food. So they're all powders that you can use in smoothies. So things like turmeric and mushrooms, beets and mushrooms, um, greens, like every green you can think of, but in something flavorful, you know, it actually tastes good. So lots of choices. I have people coming in looking for different, you know, specialty kinds of nuts and seeds, and we have some of those from them as well. Folks, it's Marie. It's my health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Pop in and see her. Marie, what are your hours for today, Friday? And tomorrow, Saturday. We'll be here till 5.30 tonight and tomorrow from 9 to 4. And if somebody has a question, whether it's about children's vitamins or hemp CBD products, you'll they should just feel free to pop in and ask? Absolutely. Ask away. All right, folks. Marie, good to talk to you. Take care. You're the queen of health. Thank you. All right, folks. There it is, Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Right now at 149. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online, as I said, on our website, dePietro.com. Don't forget, um, on the website, dePietro.com, if you're listening right now and maybe you experience from fire or smoke damage or water damage, mold remediation, storm damage, you want SOLE, Soul Source Restoration, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Mike CP and company. There's a Rhode Island number. There's a Massachusetts number. Log on at the website, depetro.com, and you can uh, learn the latest. So, folks, again, right now at 150, um, you're listening to the John DePetro Show. Now, the um, a big uh, local story, I think I'm anxious to see exactly where this lawsuit goes regarding the um, <clears throat> the parents that are suing about the kids' children having to wear the masks in school. That is certainly a story. I also want to just see Organizer Saturday Rally looks to rewrite January 6th history. Now, this is a story on Channel 12. I just want to hear the sound of this because I, 
I, I think all of the stories about the rally tomorrow in D.C., that I think they're ill-advised to have it because of the way it'll be exploited by the media. I think it's a mistake, but I want to just hear. Channel 12 has this on their website. I want to hear how this is described. Security forces are taking this very seriously. They've reestablished fencing around the Capitol. Senator Reid. They've coordinated with other federal agencies and local community agencies. Uh, So uh, they are prepared. I hope uh, their preparation won't be necessary. My concern is that this is uh, Senator Jack Reid. demonstration is trying to erase what happened on January 6th. An insurrection, a violent insurrection aimed right at the Constitution, resulting in the deaths of police officers. Uh, We can't forget that. And if this is an attempt to sort of uh, change the the narrative, then I think we should reject that right away. Uh, You know, the Capitol... I think has learned a lesson from January 6th, the Capitol Police and all the federal authorities. Uh, they are preparing for the worst and hoping for the best. And that's the way I think you should proceed. There are so many uh, individuals and small groups that could uh, suddenly become violent that they have to be worried about that. You know, just a few days ago, uh, an individual was arrested uh, near the Capitol Hill in a truck with multiple weapons. Uh, he's uh, an avowed uh, national white supremacist. Oh, uh, so there are people like that around. Stuff and again, like I hope the preparations are adequate, and I'm, but I hope they're unnecessary. Well, it's uh, it's the right of Americans to peacefully protest uh, and underscore peaceful and to make their opinions known. Uh, but there's also a responsibility to act uh, with respect for other people and particularly to do so in a, in a peaceful and constructive manner. Now, that is Senator Jack Reed, folks. That story is on the... Um Channel 12 website. The, the, the pro, you know, do, you, do you see the problems within that? Do you see the do you, do you see the problems where the, it's all certain buzzwords that they want to work in, such as white supremacists, right? Tie it to the Trump people. Tie it to the former, you know, President Trump. There's, there's without question, this is, and then they start saying, well, the, you know, you did have the guy, that is true, um, was in the truck with the explosives. This is, is just, it is absolutely um, the real effort here is just to keep the whole narrative alive, without question, to keep the narrative alive. That the you know, and this is what they've been saying: the biggest problem in America are the white supremacists. Now, I also want to see Skinny House in Boston fetches fat price. It is sold. The home in the city's north end hit the market in August for one point two million, and and the deal was closed for one point two five. The house received multiple offers in less than a week. Four-story home built in 1862. It's 1,165 square feet, even though it's about 10 feet wide as its widest point, narrowing the back to nine feet. House has two bedrooms, one bathroom, private deck. Home, the home does not have a front door. Instead, you go through a side door, which I'm looking at in the like lane. So Boston's skinny home, 1.2 million. Folks, the housing prices are just completely out of sight. Parents file lawsuit over McKee school mask mandate. Comparing mask wearing in schools to torture. More than a dozen Rhode Island parents and grandparents have filed suit against Governor McKee. Saying he violated law, state constitution. Asking Superior Court to prohibit the governor from issuing any more executive orders. 26 page complaint. Stories from parents and grandparents, mostly from Gloucester, also from Smithfield, Warwick. Explain how the kids have suffered from wearing a mask in school, going so far to say it's like prison. Jessica LeBlanc from Smithfield wrote, the cure is worse than the disease. 
Others claim that children are struggling to breathe with a mask in school, losing their excitement, concern over the mental health and overall confidence. Jonathan Barrett from Gloucester said the daughter was subjected to a mass tyrant teacher who singled students out, embarrassed them if their mask didn't meet the standard. There are other strong allegations claiming masking kids has little to no effect on the spread of COVID. Every county in Rhode Island's at a high level of community transmission. Some schools, including Johnson's Windsor Hill Elementary, had to close to a number of positive COVID cases. So the attorney is Gregory Piccarilli, represents Gloucester School Committee, did not respond. Um, and then the governor's not responding either. So, so some parents are taking action. We'll see where that goes. What I'm anxious to find out, folks, and again, good afternoon at 157. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at our website, which happens to be DePietro.com. Don't forget DePietro.com, which is brought to you by Centerdale Revival. Pop in and see them this weekend. Comfort food, food, cocktails. 2025 Smith Street, North Providence. They've won several Rhode Island Monthly Awards, Centerdale Revival, Shane and company, they run a great group. What I'm anxious to find out is just how long this is going to take in the court system, right? That's, that's the big question to me, is if they can immediately, um, if they can immediately jump into uh, court on this, and maybe be successful, um, that would be a fan. I, I think a lot of parents, it'd be a big, big win for um, for a lot of parents would love something like that. I just don't know how quickly. I, that's what I'm going to be watching for is, is how... Um, how quickly that moves through the court system. Now, some other headlines, folks. FDA panel, you know, the booster shot thing, that, that is still being discussed. There, You know, it's not your imagination. There's been a lot of misinformation. There has been. Um, and it's fluid. It is definitely a fluid situation. But um, I, I, wouldn't, um, I, I wouldn't get locked in either way. I think people have to be somewhat flexible when it comes to that, you know, they're learning more about it. And the more they do learn about it, a lot of people may end up being correct about it. But I think you want to be uh, somewhat flexible. Listen, it's one fifty nine. I look forward to seeing so many of you this weekend for the Patriots Chest. Now, we're back on the radio Monday at 11. I will be doing breaking news and Facebook Live when there is breaking news, I should say. And I'll probably do it from New York. It's John DePietro. Listen, enjoy this Friday. Enjoy this weekend. I want to thank, once again, the great Jeff Camacho, folks, makes it possible. Visit the website. DePetro.com, no eyes if you'd like to get a hold of me. Stay tuned. You're going to hear the 2 o'clock news, and then it'll be the John Dion program. We are back on the radio Monday at 11, and then we do Facebook Live when there's breaking news. Stay tuned for the 2 o'clock news. You win all.